Holy sheep shit, ladies and gentlemen, mothers and fuckers. I got me a big fish on the hook today. Hoot and holler to make some applesauce for Jeffrey Paul Cantor. Oh, oh, I'm gonna die. It's too much. No, stop it. Keep it going. Stop it. Okay. How you doing, Jeff? That was a really spectacular introduction. You know, I keep the people around just so they can clap during that one part. I love that. And then I send them on their way. Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. extras, but they're non-union, so they don't cost shit. Right, that, that's, <laughs> that's the way to roll. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. I'm so psyched. I'm so psyched to finally have a conversation with one of the most intelligent people I know oh, on tape. Oh, you. Oh, stop. Stop. I know he is more, Jeff. More, more, more. I know he is Jeff. Jeff Cantor. Sure. That's how I call him. Uh -huh. Your official name is, sir? Jeffrey Paul Cantor. All right. That's how it's pronounced. Jeffrey Paul Cantor. What do you do? I'm an actor just like you. Well, I wouldn't say just like me. <laughs> just like you. Not just like me. You excel me. I don't know. No, I don't think that's like, accurate. Like, well, I, mean, I do different. I mean, I, we do different things now. Well, maybe. I don't know. You're, you're a different kind of geek. Maybe you know because you gotta spill it. You do like well, you're an actor, all right? All right, what are you in? Uh, all right. Well, it's like some you know things that I might like that you're being like. I, I you you know what I'm in? No, I don't. I'm in uh, Daredevil. Yeah! Uh, yes, yes, it's true. It's true. I play Ellison, the guy with the beard. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. They just they say on the in the casting that well, they specs guy with beard. Well, actually, no. I think what happened was the beard got. The audition, <laughs> and I I brought it in, um, and uh, it got the part. It gives me ten percent. Well, well, you were booked someplace else, so they sent the beard. That's a hell the, of an agency. Yeah, well, I'm I all I do really is as long as I groom it, feed it, and take it for a walk, it, it gives me ten percent. <laughs> well, are you, are you feeding it or the hole in the center? Of it? Just I I, well? I just feed the beard. You yes. feed the beard. Wow, that's wow. Yeah. I'm gonna say, what do beards eat? Like mm, birds, very small birds. Everything. What do beards eat? Pussy motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> Only when they're lucky. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you're in anyway. Yeah. Daredevil so, so Daredevil and and and, and Punisher. <laughs> yeah. So, because there's the the big crossover. So, uh, Punisher, I think, uh, hits uh, soon, like in November. When Punisher hits, Punisher hits hard. Punisher hits real hard. He'll Punisher, kill you. He's when Punisher really, hits, you're all gonna Punisher's die. Punisher's like so pissed. Punisher is actually, I think, going to be um, uh, amazing. The um, what what I've heard, I haven't seen it yet, but what I've heard is um, that it's it's extremely grounded. It's you know the whole the whole Marvel universe is a very interesting universe, right? So Daredevil since like I was a kid, yeah, right. So Daredevil, the tent pole, is a blind lawyer who's dealing with his own issues of what justice is and his own personal issues with the church, and he's a very troubled non superhero y superhero. But I think the really nuanced part about Daredevil's character is that he's got this neat thing where he can see like dolphins and it comes out of his head in these red circles and stuff and everything around him it looks like he can see it. Right. And and, and, and that's what I think makes him a really deep character to me. Wow, that's not how I. That's that wasn't that wasn't love, where that I wasn't where I was going. With it, but yeah, I love superheroes and I love the word truncheon. <laughs> I'll try to use truncheon they, as as often as I can. Does he not call it his weapon, his truncheon? It, the, it, it, they are truncheons. Does he call it that? In I, the, you know, I don't know. I don't. I, none of Ellison doesn't hang with with. Uh, with with Daredevil, you don't watch it otherwise. I, I do watch, but I don't remember him actually calling it a truncheon. I remember reading. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, that was I was a fan. I was a fan. I was a Daredevil fan. Right on it, uh, Mammy too. Yeah, so um, I remember him using that, but I, I don't. As I'm watching it, that's not what stuck out for me. But so Punisher 
is even um, he's even less of a superhero. You know, you're looking at a really troubled, almost antihero, and and I think that's what makes and and these are you're looking at these these 13 hour movies. You know, the way Marvel is, is structuring these things. So these 13-hour movies, and, and you have time to develop characters, so even the secondary characters. What do you mean? The series is like a 13-hour movie? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, well, series, series always seem to stick out to me as being, like, a little bit more unbelievable than movies are. And I, I don't know what it is, if it's the way they film it, if it's the di- camera direction, the way they make it look, the acting or the directing. I think I've distilled it down to it's the directing. I, I, think, I think when you watch, it, if you rewatch Daredevil and when you watch Punisher, I think you'll the see. Movies. No, no. Oh, the, the, no, the series. TV series. Yeah, I never I saw think, the series. I, 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 think, I think you've never watched the series. I don't own a TV. You can watch it on your computer, dude. It's Netflix. I, my computer's not. I can watch it on my phone. I'm posted. I, I, I would. I would say that that if you're a fan, um, it, it's it's a unique thing to see, and and I I really believe that um, that the way they have from a creative standpoint, the writing and the directing, the whole concept, it feels like this this series that. It, you, they are they're not really standalone. You you really that's why people binge watch these because you're you get drawn into the stories and you get drawn into the characters. You have scenes where they're not expository. You're you're having people with conversations. I mean, I play a secondary character, but I was given backstory. I had conversations with the showrunners, and my character surprised people in the first season. And what, had what a is real he? Shift. I'm, is I'm the newspaper editor. Because the Daily Play Bugle. a newspaper. Right, editor. so it's the New York Bulletin because the Bugle. Is J. Jonah Chambers. Right, and that's all the whole Spider-Man Marvel thing, so they couldn't yeah. use for a while. Of course, we have two newspapers in New York. We're well, not going to have We have two newspapers in New York. As far as I'm concerned, with the Daily Globe, we have three. A Daily yes. Planet, Daily, Daily Planet. Planet. <laughs> right, right. So we have three newspapers in New York. Right, but DC, but DC and Marvel don't. don't those newspapers never meet. That, that's not a real newspaper? Uh, I'm I'm sure you could find a, a tear sheet if you looked. wanted to. I haven't looked. You, you can you can check it out. I'm really. So out I, I, I'm surprised. I'm a little hurt. <laughs> that I don't watch TV. At, well, no, that you know you're a big fan and you haven't watched mm. things that you're a big fan of. I think uh, uh, I think I you're am, doing your listeners a disservice. I, I am a weird fan. Okay, like my my fandom like ended when I grew up. Like I'm a fan because like I love I worshipped the Marvel universe when I was in like fifth, sixth, fourth to sixth grade. I worshipped the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. John Byrne taught me how to draw the human figure. But the thing that I was in it for, and the reason I liked X-Men so much, is because I just wanted to see weird superheroes, like Superman, bored the crap out of me, Batman, didn't read much Batman as a kid, except when Dick Gordiano drew it, I was into the artist, not the story. Right. Stories were always like, mm, I've always read books, I'm a bookworm. But when I looked at the comics, what grabbed me was not the character development, was not the, and I, I had to learn it, you know, to mm-hmm. know the character and to like the character. What grabbed me about the comics was the superpowers, the weirdness and the superpowers. So, so when they're so making more human, uh, I, I, I think, you know, I, 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 like, I, I want to see stuff blow up. I, I like the movies. You, you'll see, you'll, but there's a, the, the fight sequences in Daredevil are um, as good as they get. The fight sequences in Punisher is as good as they get. Do the villains I, have superpowers as well? Uh, I, technically. Yeah, I want them to. I te- want to see technic- psionic stuff. Technically, like, they don't have it in the same way as at, like you're not it's not like the DC universe where you have somebody who's turning things into ice but that's but, what I want to say I, I got I want I, X I, 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 I
All right, Sam, the Sam, the, the engineer coming in. Uh, thank you, and that's why we have you because right. she is knowledgeable in certain things. All right. So I'm not. I can't hear you. So should I put on headphones so I can hear you? And that you know. Oh, might that's have... so nice. Oh, look so, at that. So, so I, I, I think I, I would advise you as an ex fan of X Men. <laughs> no, as an ex fan, uh, uh, to to reimmerse yourself into in the new version. And first of all, I tried Jessica Jones, and all I thought when I looked at the screen was, "Oh my God, it's Michael Jackson." For, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> the 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 nature of television has changed significantly, right? So Netflix has really changed the game. Uh, they did it, I think, with House of Cards because House of Cards was the I, it was the best thing I'd ever seen when I saw it. Right now, my favorite thing is Peaky Blinders, actually, also on Netflix. I love that show. Right, right. Cillian Un- Murphy, believable. So, so the, the new the new season is coming out like in like two weeks. So, right. so, but but what what they've done is they've created an a creative avenue. They've created a creative avenue for writers and and storytellers. Uh, that's new and vibrant, and and captures the imagination as a as almost a direct response to the horror of reality TV, and I and I and I think that as somebody who's immersed <laughs> the in the horror or the ridicule of reality well, TV, well both, but I, the fact that you're immersed in this business, I think uh, as a professional, you should at least investigate what's happening because it, it it's a little I bit mind I hear about it all the time and I check out here and there I check out stuff I did watch the first one but your friend is in something how can you watch your friend well I mean the <laughs> You ever? All right, all right. Shush, shush, shush for a second, Jeff. You ever listened to an episode of this podcast before? No. All right, up your fucking ass, dude. (laughs) We're friends. I don't check out your work. You don't check out my work. We're buddies, man. That's your work. Just so happens you're doing a Marvel thing. Whether or not I agree with the Marvel universe, no, no, I I, do it in the story and this, that, and the other thing. I'll check it out. But for like, I make you happy. I have listened to, but don't give me shit over. I'll check it. I'll make you happy. I can give you a little shit. I'm not interviewing you. What he does? I'm not interviewing you. No, no, you're not. So. So I would think just as research, just so you research. would know. Do you know what I'm researching? <laughs> I am researching. I am researching. Egypt. No, what I am researching is the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch. Yeah, the first five. That's the uh-huh. Pentateuch. Well, you didn't. The second question. We'll get the second question out of the way quick. <laughs> How do you know me? I know you from when we were both in the voiceover universe. That's All right. Actually, how I know you. We've taken we, care of the second question then. Right. That's, right. How, that's how we met. All right. Let's get back to in on this. What, yeah. Okay. The Pentateuch. The, pe- the You want to talk about the Torah? That's what I've been studying. And that's what I, uh, it has connections to ancient Egypt and how it must have been sure. written by an Egyptian. There are clues in there um, that you wouldn't know unless you knew Egypt really well that well, says, this author is Egyptian. Whoa. Well, I, I, I think, okay. So um, where shall we begin this part of the conversation? I uh, started at a, at a common touchstone. Okay. Uh, Exodus is uh, up. The first five books are claimed to have been written by one individual. Yes. Very rare in history do you get somebody writing a first-hand account of their own experiences. In fact, never in ancient history. Well, you only get it 550 with Herodotus. Right. So, so, so if you look at Genesis, clearly n- nobody was there. Ah, and yet they correctly say that Jericho was the first walled city. And mm-hmm. archaeologists confirm 12,000 B.C. wall. Right. That's so, a cultural memory that no other religion preserves. Oh, I, I, yeah. I mean, Somebody knew something. Yeah. So I, 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 my vision of the Torah, and, and this is really mine, and I, I, I really don't want to claim that this is true of every Jewish person, but 
I, I can't believe that that book um, is the um, has one author, and I and I don't believe that I, I don't believe in a humanist God anyway. I, I don't. I, I don't cotton to, to something that I can't imagine or understand having human attributes, being angry, being – that said – Aside from the theology, that what, about, said, what about the historicity that, of it? That said, I, I – it is shocking. I, I've been to Israel a number of times and it's shocking. Uh, I mean the Qumran caves, you know, they, they actually found documents that were written, you know, at the time of Jesus. And, Which and is early for Judaism. That's not – that's not late – I mean that's late for Judaism. That's, that's late. Not, that's already late for Judaism. Nowhere so, near. So, so Judaism is already an established theocracy before Jesus is even born. It's already a, a problematic society. Uh, for others. Well, well, no, even for <laughs> itself. I mean, it, was, it was already – it was already this established, organized – Theocracy that that was unique in the world at the time, and and Egypt and, was a theocracy. And I didn't say it was the only one. Said I just said it was in it, the world it, at the time. Well, it, it it was it was its own entity, and it was the first monotheism. Even though the parts of Egyptian Persia beats them with Zoroastrianism. Uh, no, it doesn't beat them. Really, that's, that's not true. That's not true. Zoroasterism, well, that, that you're, the timing is, is off. So Is it just so, the dates of the published stuff? Because yes, they haven't found any yes. Torah before 300 right, uh, right, BC. Right, right. Which so, is staggering to me because so the events the, described are 1130. So the, 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 um, the Talmud, right? So there's two Talmuds, the Babylonian Talmud and, and the, the Jerusalem Talmud. So the, you see all these c- connections, and I, getting back to your issue on, on Egypt – if the Jews are in Egypt as a people for hundreds of years, as as one would assume, as the Bible says, as the Bible says, but also as history, I think would support second intermediate period. The Hyksos were a Semitic group of kings mm-hmm. that introduced the chariot into Egypt and defeated chariot with chariot warfare. They set up their capital, Avaris, and the Delta Semites ran Egypt. So, so if you look at the story of Joseph, who comes to Egypt as a slave and ends up going from somebody who's in prison all the way to being the right hand of, of the Pharaoh, and then there's the famine. Then, you know, this is just the Jewish history. And then then as our story tells us, when we get to to that part of, of even, you know, around Passover, we're, we're told that a Pharaoh came to be who did not know Joseph. And, and but you're, he was scared of the Jewish people that they would rise up. So that tells you that there was a, that the, 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 the Hebrews, they weren't Jews per se yet, but the Hebrews were already an established, assimilated population in Egypt. So when you look at the writings and you're seeing the connection to, to the Egyptology that you know far better than I do, of course, um, it makes perfect sense because they were part of Egyptian society. The second intermediate period guaranteed that guy who's a Semite who was let out of jail would have never been let out of jail under a native Egyptian pharaoh and certainly wouldn't have been made second in command. The Semites had to already be ruling Egypt. That event of Joseph and Jacob being invited in, or coming mm-hmm. in and then mm-hmm. being invited in to the rest happened during the second intermediate period. That makes sense because a Semitic king would release a Semite from jail. Everybody in, in Egypt was like, terribly racist they they have depictions of all their traditional enemies and they are all the different peoples around them and basically they draw themselves with red skin and that's an egyptian the women have yellow skin but whenever they draw a semite they make sure it has yellow skin with their their pigment was yellow they didn't have flesh-colored skin you know what i'm saying right so like if uh he's made second in command under 
an, a Semitic king in the second intermediate period. And then I think it's a Mentuhotep rises up from Thebes and takes Egypt back and makes it, uh, you know, native rule mm -hmm. again. Then that account makes sense. in the Bible would be historically accurate. Doesn't just make sense. That makes it historically accurate. And that's when I start to get chills. Well, right. So, Jericho so was the first tip off for me. The second thing was that event, and right afterwards when they have the coup and Egypt's taken back by its uh, own people, or like the czarist Russia, mm -hmm. like the former ruling mm -hmm. class has made the slaves and smart, they correctly name in Middle Egyptian, like they call Egypt Goshen, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody else uses the word Goshen to describe Egypt. The Egyptians themselves do not use the word Goshen. But when Ramesses II built his capital city, the word in Middle Egyptian for his city is P-P-I, Ramesses. That was the Egyptian name. Nobody, nobody else uses an Egyptian name <laughs> except the Egyptian. Nobody preserves the Egyptian language anywhere except Egyptian sources. In the Old Testament, what you call the Torah, mm -hmm. it correctly in Middle Egyptian names, not only the city, Pyramuses, which he built his capital city from scratch, correctly in Middle Egyptian, but also describes the, the way of making Egyptian mud bricks Right. So, so, so I, I think that clearly, for me anyway, they're not necessarily handed down from God, but, but you're looking at a history of, of people, not just for this cultural memory, but a, a written history that at least there's enough accuracy. The other thing about somebody was there. The, the other thing about the Torah is, is that, that the, the sort of our, our relationship with God um, sort of shifts. You know, in in terms of of man's interaction with God, but in no the theology no, is very different than Egypt. That has but, done not right, much but, in but in with. no instance in the Torah do you see the sort of this easy relationship between man and God. Right? There's always a struggle. There's always a questioning. There's never blind faith. There's always he's galvanizing it for the first time. There's he's creating always a culture and, where and, mm. right. And so so you're you're not looking at men who are who are raised up. You're looking at men who are struggling mightily. With with the notion of whatever this whatever the nature of God is at the time it was a brand new religion, but more than that, it's it's about it, it's it's a man's struggle with with his own free will, with decisions he's making, with identity, and 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 the lessons you find in the Torah and then that you find in the Talmud that are extrapolated from that that were written down centuries ago that still have some relevance now, for me, that is what is so remarkable about uh, about the living religion that is Judaism, about a, a, a religion that reforms itself on a regular basis. It doesn't mean that every Jew uh, cottons to that. It doesn't mean that, that um, the ultra-Orthodox uh, would necessarily by my interpretation. It doesn't mean that Israel's own... Um, well, these days you're free to interpret it the way you want. Well, Judaism, Back when it was I, written, think Judaism <laughs> I think Judaism allows you to interpret it Ooh, as you want. Not them first five books. Uh, no, no way, man. I, I, I That's a harsh law. Uh, no, but I, dis I disagree. I disagree. I, I think that the, the even the way the laws are laid down show a, a struggle and an interpretation. And the Talmud... Is is about these great rabbis over centuries disagreeing about what the meaning of the Torah is itself, and and I think that's that's remarkable. And when you have even in the most orthodox, the way Torah is studied is you have two people sitting across from each other talking about what these rabbis were talking about, and and that nature of inquiry, at of course in different degrees, for me is um, is something that I that I I, I love.
I it's love. great. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's also why everybody hates us. My interest is not necessarily in the actual theology of Judaism right. because I study world religions. Like I'll go to any, you know, mm-hmm. the Quran too. Um, it's just my my interest there is that the uh, the there are so many gaps in Egyptian religion and stuff that they didn't write down that sometimes it's tough to patch them together. But if you look in the Old Testament, just the first five books. It fills in a great many gaps in sure. temple construction, ritual, stuff like that, mm-hmm. that the Egyptians sacrificed many beasts, uh, rams and cattle and stuff like that is well I mean, documented by they'll, Wall Street. But they'll, how they did it, how exactly to sacrifice a ram or an ox to God mm-hmm. is not delineated by the Egyptians. It is delineated in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. although it's no longer regularly done. There's it's supposed to be a lot of animals go on that fire. It's not done at all. It's supposed to be a lot of animals go on that fire. Yeah, it's into but the destruction of the fills, temple. It, that fills in the the, the ritual mm-hmm. stuff that the Egyptians didn't like. They had a fire off. They burned the stuff and stuff like that. Like, I, the way I see it, it's like Judaism shot off from the Egyptian religion the way that Buddhism is an offshoot of Hinduism. It's a different entity altogether. There's no concept of enlightenment in Hinduism, but it uses some of the same concepts. I, I, I think I, I would disagree with the genesis of it. I, I, to me, it's more you had a group of people who were already um, establishing a way of dealing with that which they did not understand which only individuals is. not a large group well, well no well isaac but, abraham but the uh, there was there was jacob and joseph that's all you who are you about. i there, am there the were, god of, he calls himself yes, i am the yes, god but, of abraham yeah but he, he wasn't there were also other other people and and I, I i believe that the the separation of them within uh even the uh the egyptian landscape um, that 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 difference wasn't just because they were Semites, but also because there was a, a bit of a different belief system. But they, of course, adopted and brought in. I mean, and if you even look at look, monotheism, didn't happen it, overnight. Guarantee no, right. that. So if you look at Reform Judaism, Reform Judaism came out of a connection with with you know the the the, the Church of of Europe. You know the the Protestant Church of Europe. The, the whole nature of ritual in in. That time period when when the, when Reform Judaism was established, because what assimilated Jews do is they adopt and and connect to the culture with within which they find themselves assimilated. There's there's some Greek influence, there's some Roman influence, there's you know Rome, the whole, Rome the whole, is actually the, the longest continuous population of Jews on the planet is Rome. Right, the, the whole nature of, of Sukkot, the the holiday that's coming up, is, that was prefigured by an Egyptian festival. It, it, but but it's it's even before it was an Egyptian festival, you're looking at a a pagan ritual. You're looking at a a harvest festival. You're like it's actually timed with the moon festival of China. It's exactly the same time every year. It's when calves are birthed, so you so, have to stay out in the field. So, you- so, so we've we've adopted and 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 mashed up um, different traditions and and have made it our own. But I don't think that that it's an offshoot of of Egyptian. Rather, it came in. Adopted some of the concepts that seemed to work that made sense for them at the time, and and then it went out on its own. But it was completely influenced by Egypt. It was completely influenced by Zoroastrianism. I'm weird. I, I totally think that. I mean, I'm crazy for thinking this, but I do think those first five books were written by one literate Egyptian. I seriously do believe in the existence of one guy, Moses, and that he wrote five books because he would have been literate. 
He would have been an Egyptian prince. He's the guy who was able to write stuff. And that's why they put so much influ- uh, I, I think emphasis there were, I, on the writing. I, I mean, again, I think there were multiple writers. I think I think the writing styles are different enough that there were multiple writers. But this is good brain stretch. Sure. This is good brain stretch, sure. Mr. Cantor. You know Not a lot. Not sure why you're rational. I switch. We're sitting here talking about Bible. Because all of a sudden we're drinking that. I switch to different subject da, da. because we only have so much time. Okay. You stretch brain good on I, Egypt I, and I'm Israel. I'm sitting here. We'll talk anything you want. And you have good accent. Da, so, da, like da, now, da. I want you to start talking about Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead. <laughs> That's other thing. Maybe da. listeners don't. Know about you, you big deadhead. Yeah, I'm a big deadhead. Give me five. I'm still alive. So, All right. Uh, my first concert was uh, Lewiston, Maine Fairgrounds in 1981. Oh, wow! And uh, I, I've seen many, many shows. I was listening to them, <laughs> and I was listening to them really early on. Um, uh, my my folks, my dad was a folk music fan, and I don't know. I think my friend Stephen Mintz actually turned me on to uh, to the first album I listened to, which was Working Man's Dad, maybe or 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 maybe even earlier than that. And I remember sitting, and um, the name didn't seem to match the music. You know, it was all roots music. Yeah, and and so, but I just loved them. My sister was listening to the Beach Boys at the time, and uh, that was her her music. Um, I, I can tell you when I first heard The Doors, the, I first heard The Doors, I, I remember the moment I heard, um, come on, baby, light my fire. We were living in Philadelphia. I was four years old, and we lived above um, another family, the Tanzas, and they had this son who was a teenager and played guitar on one of those with one of those little speakers in this tiny little room, about the size of this, maybe smaller. And I would sit in front of the speaker while he shredded. And the room the size the 40, of a booth. Yeah, listening to a 45 in, in a downstairs from us in Philadelphia. And so, um, but I, I, my sister is now way more a deadhead than I am. She goes and, and hears Stella Blue at least once a week. Um, but I, I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen many, many shows. I, I have enjoyed many incarnations. I enjoyed further. When enjoyed you first went to your first show mm-hmm. in 1981, mm-hmm. by the way, that is the, that's the Grateful Dead pissing contest because everybody would say, are you a deadhead? They go, yep. My first, the first thing out of their mouth is my first show was, yeah. and of course you beat me by six years. My first show was MSG 87. Well, because I'm way older Whatever. Than you. Oh, well, I wouldn't I'm old know. enough to be your uncle. You're old enough to be my beard <laughs> wow you went right to the right there you went right there you set me up I it's did. like volleyball it, so like uh when you went to your first dead mm-hmm. show in 81 did you drink the kool-aid so did you get it all right so i i got them completely my sister and brother-in-law went and tripped um and i was there just to get high and drunk and and, and that was a little disappointing but um in terms of that but i love it was the most beautiful day and it was an amazing show, and uh, I was, I was, I was in. I so was, now I was. I had already been in though. I'd already been. Maybe a fan. not the first one. You ever have you ever eaten LSD and gone to a show? Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. But not so that, that show. Was it significantly different? Did it something seem religious about it when you were in LSD and they played? Um, I, I wouldn't say religious, but when you you know when you and I didn't LSD was not my trip of choice. Uh, mushrooms were my trip of choice. And, oh, then you like Almond Brothers? And, no, I, I, mean, I, I like them. But, oh yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, 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 um, I appreciated um, being mind altered uh, at a dead show. It, it certainly made me appreciate space way more. 
but but when you're definitely, li- but, but, I mean, it's the only way to get through it. I, probably, I I I, <laughs> I I I still will sing every song, and so for me, going to a dead show was about it was like a big sing along, and uh, it still is. I mean, when I when I see Dead and Co now, which I love by the way, and if there are any John Mayer naysayers out there, I'm sorry, but you're mistaken. He plays an amazing guitar. He honors the music, and he has a great voice. Um, I'll say it. He's the best guitar player that they've had since that I've seen them with since Jerry. I've only I, I, seen them twice. Once right. was a lazy show and actually kind of disappointing. This last time at City Field. Oh, I, I saw a great show at City Field. I thought was it the same show. I don't know if you saw the same uh, show. But uh, I, uh, looks I, like rain. Uh, uh, no, it's a uh, um, uh, here comes sunshine, uh, rain and snow. Uh, other one second set. Yeah. Ended with Johnny B. Good. Yeah. That's the show I saw. I, yeah. I, first I, set put me to sleep. Oh, Phil I and friends. Phil right, and so, so I've had problems with Phil and Friends because Warren <gasps> Haynes really? it always becomes the Warren Haynes show. He doesn't have any; he's no steps nowhere near him anymore. Right, right. So different band so every time. So I might see them. I might see Phil Philoween um, up at the Cap. I'm they have say. the mandate have you, of heaven. Have, have you seen Have you seen uh, Billy and the Kids? Uh, Billy Kreitzman and Billy and the Kids is uh, amazing. I have a, a no. I never even heard. I don't. I only hear about. No, no, I'm playing on it. Tell me about it, and I'll, and I'll Google it later. We don't have time. Billy and the, Billy kids. And the kids. Billy and the kids uh, are are another. Look, if you like the music, you like the music. So if it's played well, it's played well. And and I. It's the show. It's got to be a nutso crowd for me to act like a rock concert. The reason I love Dead right. shows so much. When I went, I was into punk. And they, uh, you know, I, I saw the crowd and I was like, this is an environment I like. Everybody's going ballistic. Mm-hmm. And these days... It, it, well, it's different. You know, it's, you're, you're, you're you looking... You get your pockets. Well, you're you know? also looking at, you're looking at a fan base that is old. I mean, I am not the, I'm not the, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not the oldest dead fan that I know. At Average the age time, of a tour head's 30. So at this at the, right now, average age of a tour is thirty. But most of those people never. And how many of those people even saw Jerry? So what? They make for a great absolutely, crowd. They make absolutely. for a great that, crowd. But what man. does that say for me? That says something about the music. Yeah, the definitely. You're still of the getting music. kids listening to you. Absolutely. You got good music. Okay, absolutely. But it's not just the music. It's the scene also. Because yeah. you'll notice that other concerts security is tight. Mm-hmm. Dead and Company and Phil and Friends play someplace security disappears. Yeah. Same thing with Fish. Security disappears. Yeah. You don't see no Yellow Jackets on nothing. You, you, you can do you whatever you want. Want, man. And you don't because you don't need it. It's great. People are there. People are there for the right. That reasons. acts like a rock I, I, show. I, well, for me, it's the vibe. I mean, I, I, to me, it doesn't even feel like a rock show. It feels like a, a, a party that I want to be at. Whereas, I mean, I, I've been to a lot of shows, you know, and 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 there are shows that feel like rock shows. There are shows that feel like parties. And, what and, was the crowd like at the at another concert you've seen? Some other band besides Dead, any of that affiliated? What's a crowd that you've gone to see for a rock band that's been really ballistic crazy? Well, yeah, I'd like to know that. <laughs> um, Queen. I saw yeah? I saw Queen four times. Oh, where? What was it? At Madison Square Garden. I saw I saw Day at the Races, Night at the Opera, um, uh, uh, The World, and The Game. Oh, you're the best. I you mean, are older than me. That's that, that, that my cousin. My cousin Gary. Concerts. My cousin Gary took me to four Queen concerts, and that concert was, I mean, such a different experience than a Dead show. That you know, you're looking. Was it smoky? Oh yeah. All right. The crowd, of course, was all standing up, right? Nobody sat. No. Right. Uh, no. No. no they... But but you're looking at music that that is um, edgier, that is 
it, it was it was a different experience. No, no less fabulous. But, but the it, crowd sounds. It fantastic felt like it felt something. like a rock show as opposed to a dead show. It's like, hey, let's hang out. This was like, I'm at a rock show, man. So there's an intensity that that you don't that I don't feel at dead shows. Dead shows don't feel intense to me. They oh, just I used feel to. Awesome. They used to. They used to be intense, like you know, crazy dancers and stuff. Yeah, but that, that's MSG. not intense for me. It's all like kind of chill, dude. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's mm-hmm. an intensity, you know. Uh, uh, like um, Elvis Costello, I saw Elvis Costello on the Pogues in, in, <laughs> the Pogues. in England. Shane at, McGowan at uh, uh, at the Hammersmith Palais, and um, that was only standing. There were no seats, and that was a pretty small space. And that was that was another amazing show. But that was also a very different vibe. You know, the size of the space was different. But everybody's standing up. They're smoking their spleefs. They're, they're dancing. Their beer. They're, Dancing's to, very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what but, I mean by also, a rock show. It's a lawless environment right, yes. where you get to take a vacation on the moon for one day yep. and go, ah, you know, right. and nobody I, I gets just, hurt. And then it, you go back a, out and it, you feel good for right. a month. So, so for me, the dead shows are, are just the the mellower version of, of the same experience. But... Um, I, you know, I, I love I love live music. What? And I, I, one of my favorite bands now is a band called. Um, I have a, a few favorite bands, but but uh, the David Wax Museum is this very sweet band, and uh, I started listening about. I can't believe it, it's almost ten years now, and they uh, two extremely talented musicians. But you know, the guy went down to Baja Mexico and learned how to play all these instruments, and all their music has this Mexicali feel, and they're spectacular you don't sit down in their shows right now they may play small venues so i like i have to admit i have to admit that i like this is i like small venues now this is a frank admission that you won't hear any place else but the lloyd floyd show i like small venues i like to be able to see i'm old so i like to be able to see the faces you're not old you look great thank you no Thank you. Please, I can't wait for you to shave this into a Fu Manchu. Yes. That's yes. what I want to see in your next role. I don't want to see a, mm-hmm. a, what are you now, a DA or something no, like I'm that? A, I'm a newspaper. <laughs> I, I, want to, I want to see well, you as a biker. I, 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 so I, 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 I am in another <laughs> show where I'm not a newspaper uh, editor. Wait, are you, in third, are you in a third Marvel series? You're No, no, no. I'm just in two, two Marvel series. Hey, good enough, man. I'm in another Netflix series. Good enough. Oh, what's that? It, well, it's all, I can say, I can't tell you anything about it, but it's called... Um, That's even better. It's called Maniac, and it's Emma Stone and Jonah Hill. And, wow. And I can't tell you anything about it because... They'll, they'll shoot me. Yeah, I'm but allowed, that's fantastic. I'm allowed to say I'm in it because, because it's on IMDb already. That's fantastic. Yeah, really Righteous. Cool. So we've been shooting that. Um, and I, I, I guess I finish up uh, the beginning of November. You're like, so you, do, do you do much commercial anymore? You're just no, legit no. So my You're life, a legit motherfucker. I am a legit yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, another five. Mm. A legit I'm motherfucker. I'm so happy. I'm so happy, dude. I've known you forever. And it's like, you know, we, yeah. I've seen you bounce around place sure. to place like me. And sure. like... Ah, now I, I mean, I used to look. Look, when when we met, I, I most of my work was in commercials on camera, and um, and a lot of radio. I, I very few TV videos, but that was where most of my income came from. And I did was doing some theater and some TV, and so it had always been my be careful what you wish for, right? So it had always <laughs> I, I didn't get into this to do commercials. I got into it to do you know work legit work and and so i'm doing it um the business has shifted and so it doesn't pay quite what i would like it to pay but uh i can't complain you still about make co- more per hour than a lawyer i, I, I can't <laughs> when i'm working yeah if you include walking to auditions then not so much ah but the free time can't be beat but but um but i i do uh i do appreciate very much the um the opportunities that 
that this sort of new this this shift that Netflix is sort of at the forefront of certainly Marvel that wave um, that they've offered actors of of my age and uh, in the New York area because there's there's some amazing writing and creation going on, and I'm in the midst of it, and I'm very, yeah, very well, thank uh, Marvel humble too. and honored to be part of it. Thank, let's thank Marvel, yeah. too, for being uh, you know, hardcore enough to actually get into the stories of their characters and to write this kind of stuff and to be like, okay, it's going to be real actors yeah. now and not just fit people throwing around truncheons and using their the, you know, the powers with the, the red circles, what they call that. I don't know what he's got, sonar? What's, his, what's the thing, what does they call it? He's just very... Yeah, it was sonar, he's, wasn't it? He's he, like a he's, dolphin. He's, I knew it. He's just very sensitive. <laughs> he's just a very sensitive man. I just want to hear and, the and, word Trunchon said on that series, and, damn it. I, I, have I to watched say, this whole series for you, Jeff. Nate will say Trunchon one, once. Well, I'm going to be so just pissed. Just call me up. I'll say freaking Trunchon for you, man. <laughs> yeah, that's say, not the same. Jeff, they didn't say, I'll say he's holding a Trunchon. You're like, phew. It's not the same. At least same. I heard it. At least I heard the word. Does he fight the kingpin? You'll have to watch That's it. That's his big enemy. It's got to be the you. kingpin. The kingpin's in it. I love it. I love it. I love it. D'Onofrio, man. I love it. I love it. I love it's, it. It's, he's amazing. Isn't he amazing? It. Oh, my God. If there was anybody I could have picked up as kingpin at him. He's, like, he's, he's like the Mark Hamill of kingpin. Yes. Hey, 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 hey. Watch what you say. And, and, watch and, what you and, say. And, I do Luke Skywalker. I don't want to hear Mark Hamill say. He's Mark Hamill as to Joker. As he is to Kingpin. Oh! Yeah. That's how I honestly feel about it. Well, yeah, I defer to Mark Hamill for Joker, although I have a Joker role, but I didn't, I didn't try to be. I didn't try to be him. They told who me. Is, to be who is your kids. favorite film Joker? Um, I'm honestly gonna go with Heath Ledger yes, because he I, kind I, of I went agree. in a totally 100%. different direction. That absolutely. Worked. I, I, I couldn't. I, I thought that was. I, I thought he was amazing. How could you not? If you're going to go for the more campy, I'll probably say Jack Nicholson. Yep. But if you're going to go for the gritty uh, scary. remake they've done over I, the I last scary. decade I was scary. I was scary. Only one good Joker, and they and they better keep. They better watch it. DC better watch it because I don't know. I don't know, you guys. That's but anyway. Justice I, League thing. Ugh, I, I, think, I think that, uh, I, I mean, the whole cast. I mean, Deborah Ann Wall and Charlie Cox and John Bernthal. I mean, you're looking at, the, the cast is outrageously good. Mm-hmm. You know Rosario Dawson. I mean, you you look at uh, it's it they're 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 culling. They're getting really excellent actors. They're getting people to to live in New York, and you're getting great storytelling. And uh, and Netflix is you know Netflix knows what they're doing to some extent. They they are taking great risks, and um, they're figuring it out. And they're they are still on the cutting edge. I mean, Amazon is catching up. Uh, Amazon's putting out some great stuff, but it's a great time to be an actor in New York. It's and not bad. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great time. I mean, there's more money being spent on entertainment than ever in the history of the business. Woo! Now, less of it and less of it is going to the actors, and I wish that actors who make millions and millions of dollars Enough would be, of it still goes to the actors. Uh, no, uh, I, I wish that, that the, the big, big actors would, would think about... Um, would uh, think more broadly about the company of actors that are helping create the piece. But that said, uh, that you're looking at you're looking at some really really great. It's a it's a like creative boomtown right now, and it's the wild wild west. And I mean, look, it, it, even HBO. I mean, West. Have you seen Westworld? I don't have a TV. You know oh, right, me. I live in a TV. bubble, dude. I study right. the ancient world. Like I'm weird. You know well, what I'm saying? I, like, uh, right. But I'm I, watching look, this series as a personal favor to you, you. not because I want to watch a series. Thank you very much. I don't watch series because it's series. If you watch a series all the time, it's hours and hours, and you'll binge watch. Binge watch. You do hours and hours. This and hours. is binge worthy. All right. So like, yeah. but then, but and then Peaky like Blinders afterwards, is binge worthy. 
But Peaky, Peaky Blinders is Oh awesome. my God, yes. Right, right. I'm a little behind. Don't tell me anything. I won't. But that, I won't. afterwards, it feels like any other binge. And I look at the bookshelf and I go, these things ain't going to read themselves. And no, I feel but, like I've done Coke for like four weeks. You know, like, oh, where the fuck have I been? Oh, what do I know? No. So, that was a so, great experience. So at, least it's but, a, at least it's familiar. Is that great, what you know, It was a great experience. <laughs> great experience, but it was a huge waste of time. It's, it's not a waste of time. It's not if you're acting in it. But no, it's not a waste of time for you either. Because if, if you're. This, because this, I know you. Yeah, but let's just say that they choose to do an animated version of Daredevil that feels like this, and you do tons of animation, it would be like research. Would it be more fun to watch if it was drawn, like, through a scanner darkly? Now, that's a good point. Now, well, I, put- I, I don't think so. To be honest, I think what they do so well, and you can you can back me up on this, but I think if you watch it, you'll see that they honor the, the vision, of, certainly Daredevil, more than I think the other ones. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But they honor... They honor the art of the um, comic book visually in, in a way. I mean, the, the production and the art department on these shows is outrageous. The lighting is outrageously um, connected to to the comic book uh, vision, and I and I think that um, uh, I, I think that it's better than than animation. Is it? Is the series dared? Here's a tough question, okay. and it's only for Jeff because he's in it. I know. I, mean, I will talk to you forever and ever, and we'll talk geek out in a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> as far as um, your humble opinion, mm-hmm. um, what is better, the series Daredevil mm-hmm. or the movie Daredevil? I, I think the series is better. Wow. Because I looked back. I looked back on Daredevil recently and rewatched it. And I was like, the, the wow, how point. Marvel has changed. I was like, this is this is fun. This is like a little bit gritty. This is like, this is pretty so, good, this so, shit. Okay. I, 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 was I, like, I was like, Jesus I, Christ, I, you know, I, I'm going to watch Elektra now. And then I was like, oh, no, I should have stopped with Daredevil. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to throw this out there. I, a lot of people hated the Ben Affleck Daredevil. I don't think it's a hateable movie. Looking back on it now, I think I, it's it's better than Avengers. Avengers feels too sterilized I, 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 to me. I can't. I can't. Avengers feels sterilized. I'm not going to do a taste test comparison. I just never. I'm just wondering. I just never thought that it was that horrible. I I, I thought it was fine. I think the I think the series is just a more thoughtful, serious, well-rounded, vision-driven. Work. I'm telling you, it's a and ten, sure it's enough, a, it's, it's a 13 hour movie. Sure enough, it's like uh, it's truer to the notion of a comic book Absolutely. in the first place because you never get just one fucking comic Absolutely. book. Those are graphic novels. Absolutely, tend to be better <laughs> than most. Like when the first time I read that Frank Miller, you know, the Batman mm-hmm. versus Superman thing, the Dark Knight, whatever mm-hmm. it was, Dark Knight something. I think it was just called the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that was just mind blowing. And when I read Watchmen for the first time, which won oh. a Pulitzer, yes. as far as I know, so, the only so graphic Watchmen, novel. So I remember. So I have, I have Watchmen. I, I remember getting those individually, and I have the the big book. And I was uh, when I was living in London. Um, my first job was on the Night Network. It was the first late night television program, and I was a VJ basically. I, I created the Axe Man, and uh, I was the only American voice on it. And um, I wrote my own scripts. I Is put the needle on YouTube. No, I wonder if I can get it to you, but uh, there yeah, might be. Oh, I want to hear that. Anyway, I, it, and it was fine. I mean, I was right out of drama school, but anyway. Um, uh, one of the people that was interviewed, I didn't get to interview him, but it was one of the uh, artists of The Watchmen. And uh, so I got to, to meet him. And One uh, of the guys who drew it? Yeah, this was in 1980. Oh. This was in 88. Oh, dude, I only I read it in 91. 
Uh, 89. I had already read the whole thing. 89. I read it in 89. Yeah, I, I, I had already read the whole thing. It's so, so amazing. Yeah. Like, so amazing. Yeah, that was the game changer. Absolutely. The and game it won changer. a Pulitzer. Yes, that I, blew me away. Yeah. To your knowledge, is there any other graphic novel that's ever won a Pulitzer no, Prize? No, uh, did Mouse win? M- M- that, Mouse was I, good. I have a feeling it might have. I think Mouse, I mean, Mouse, won, Mouse won something. I don't know if you remember this, but there was another great, it was like an anthology of like... Um, you know, different short stories, but it was all comic book. Oh, format. classic comics! Wait, no, no, no! It was called Answer Me. Oh, and it was really disturbing comics. They had oh, like several I, disturbing. I, it was Answer Me with an exclamation. So I read, I read classic comics, which took Shakespeare and classic literature and turned them into comic books. I read I, Ivanhoe, Romeo and Juliet, Julius Caesar. I think I still have them somewhere. Wow! These, these old comic books tw- called classic comics. I was wow. a big comic book head. Did you ever re- uh, get the? Um, like Conan, the Barbarian, no, you ever get those? No, wasn't into it either. Uh, did you ever buy a Vamprella? No. Uh, one of those just no. for the cover? No, no I didn't. No, 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 I didn't get that many of them, but I got one no, just for no, the cover. Congratulations. You know, Frank Frazetta. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. know, Frank Frazetta doesn't register with you? Mm. Uh, Frank Frazetta was the guy who painted all of those covers of the Conan, Red Sonia, Vamprella that were so much better than the art inside. Oh, well, that, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's still true the now. Covers. I, 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 I was in. Like, I, I was invited to Marvel to their offices here in New York, and oh, they when, me, recent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They showed me their. I mean, there's some pictures on Facebook. They they showed me their their wall, and their covers, you know, the special covers, and the artwork on the covers is spectacular. I would... Spectac- I mean, the artwork inside is spectacular, too, but I was always so covers- disappointed when I'd, like, pick up, wow, the Conan the Barbarian is one guy named Frank Frazetta, and he used paintbrushes. He wasn't, like, you know, right. his inker wasn't... He just... He painted all that stuff. And there's a Frank Frazetta Museum, in fact. And this guy did stuff up until, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood movies. He did the... You know, he would paint movie posters and stuff like that. Everybody's really muscly and all this kind of stuff like that. He does barbarians and monsters well and stuff. But every time I would go to the comic rack and I'd pick up Conan the Barbarian or Van Prell, I'd be like, oh, man, this art's great. And I'd open the thing up and put it right the fuck back. <laughs> like, hey, I come the same guy and doing the whole thing. Such a jip. Such a jip. But do you draw? I do it all. Yeah, you draw? I doodle. I learned how to draw the human figure from John Byrne. Uh, yeah, you'd say X-Men. I, 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 I uh, took, I Avengers. Took, I, I took drawing Fantastic in, in college. I, I doodle. Like? I I doodle. You don't like any of those three uh, X Men? I do. Avengers, I like Fantastic them. Four. Yeah, I like them. What was your? What did you collect though? What was the one that you? I read a lot of Batman and I on the DC side and a lot of Daredevil on the uh, Marvel side. Which, Daredevil and, and, and I, if if you think about them, it, I don't. I mean, I, it wasn't like a, a conscious choice, but they they're similar. You know, they're they're not they're not endowed with powers as much as they're vigilantes who have a sense of justice, who have alter egos. Who um, Batman had a lot of money and invested in technology. Well, that sonar and, and is a superpower. It it, it, it it's that's me, a superpower. I don't think of it, for me. I think of it as heightened um, a, a heightened human trait as opposed to being like invincible having having Jeez, bullet- that's a thin line between heightened human trait and superpower yes it's a thin line it's, I, I don't it's one person's picking up cars the other one is picking up police scanners well that but that's not a human that's an alien all right that's an alien superman's an alien yeah, everybody but, but, knows but, but, but that fun- he ain't human Right. So but, as far as humans but, go, that's a superpower. If I could do but, that, I'd be bragging everybody. But, but it's like Green Lantern with with his ring, and 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 I mean, like I dug Spider Man. 
I, I was I like Spider Man too. For so, real? So there so there was a and I think Daredevil and Spider Man have a similar thing going on with yeah, their they, you know they should have done also, a Marvel remember, team up of them. If, if you if you remember <laughs> if you remember Daredevil originally had this whole sort of gymnastic thing. There was yeah. this whole element of him being a gymnast. That's the other thing. And and, and I so there was there was something about that those guys that they were a little less of the alien having a ring that did shit and that I, I that I I know I guess I just responded better to but so those were those were the comic books that I really really Spider-Man you know the man came down on Spider-Man and the Hulk back in the day because they were saying that uh it was uh leading kids to be anti-social and anti um government because spider-man was constantly chased by the cops and the newspapers didn't like him and he was a loner and he had no friends mm-hmm. and he was always, even the you know the super the bad guys hated him but the good guys didn't exactly like him and and uh, that maybe that was it too because because all three of those characters are not are not necessarily beloved by anybody right and the, the whole we're talking too. about in the daredevil series like Electra, um frank castle and yeah matt murdoch right yeah, and yeah. the Hulk. Don't spoil it for me because I live in a bubble, so it's I get to see all this stuff for the first time because I know. And then the uh, Hulk, because uh, the Hulk's main enemy in the comics was the army. Right, right. <laughs> the, the so they Hulk, actually tried to say to Stan Lee, like, "Hey, the Hulk didn't do it for me the way those those other no. guys did." But no, I don't. but but all three of them, all three of them are not necessarily beloved by by the other people in their own universes, right? So they're hated by the bad guys. They're also not really loved by the good guys, and and that's something that all three of them have in common. And yeah, they I kind of even, explore the theme. I hadn't even thought of that. Hero. Now, if, yeah. if you had to pick, oh, we have very little time left here, so I'm gonna. Oh, wow. I'm gonna yeah, I wow. know. Yeah, I, well, hey man, we're talking. We talk. We talk like this at auditions. We like, do. Hang out all the time. And on the phone. If you don't have anything to do after this, I go to lunch because I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> if you uh, had to pick a superpower to possess oh in your God. current body, Mr. Jeffrey Paul Cantor, please do tell. What would you like to be your superpower? What would I like to be my superpower? I, I don't know. You know, I, I think at one point it was flying and at another point it was being invisible. You can pick two. I, I I don't think I I think the flying would be pretty freaking cool. Huh? Right. Um, um, but I don't know that I want to read people's thoughts because I don't know that I, I as it is if I intuit what other people are thinking it already gives me enough trouble. So I don't think I really want to know what people are thinking. Um, they're ni- they're thinking nice things about you. Don't oh, worry. Oh, that's very sweet. Don't worry. No, but but I I'd, I'd feel obligated. You know. Actually, so I had an idea. I had an idea. Oh yeah. Because I play, I play an editor, and I thought, wouldn't it be really funny if there was a, if if he became a superhero and he was an the editor, and so it sounds things, like a villain. So when things happen, <laughs> if, if they were bad, he could edit them I out. Correct. Edit out them. bad things, and they wouldn't happen. Technically, <laughs> that's, that's great. Good, no, but, but that, but that, but that, that also. It <laughs> also creates problems in the future. Sure. Because, you know, you edit out something and then something sure. is never invented. Sure. And Wouldn't that, that be the other cool, thing? though? That would, that but I would only me, use it for good. Twilight Zone episode. I would only it would use it for good. I think if I had to choose, I would pick uh, uh, Kitty Pride's ability of being, well, the Vision's ability, actually, of being, not quite Kitty Pride, of being able to alter my density at will. So uh, you could either 
put your hand through a wall and experience no damage because you were so vapid that you could put your hand through the wall. Or if you want to increase your density, you could because that would make you, you know bulletproof. What, you, know what, you know what I want my superhero to be? I want my superhero to be a digestive system like it was when I was in my 20s where I could eat anything because I love food. And as I've gotten a little older, I, I, I can't eat the way I used to. I'm an omnivore and, and I'm, I, I wish that, uh, that I want my superpower to be a perfect digestive tract. Kids, we've got a new member joining the Teen <laughs> Titans today. Please, everybody welcome for the first time here, the gourmand. There we go. <laughs> the there gourmand. Go. What is, hey, there's nothing in the fridge. Jesus, the gourmand's been staying at the Justice League for so long. I can't, gourmand, what are you? Oh, look at all these lovely canapes. Did you make those? Yes. He always, he always <laughs> wins chopped. Always wins. <laughs> he's constantly fighting with beast because he's a vegetarian. He goes to, you know, he goes went to the culinary institute, wrecked the place. He's called the uh, omnivore. <laughs> the, that's his enemy. That's his arch enemy. It's like it's his the, enemy, omnivore. the omnivore. So gourmand, I see you've cooked up another trap for me again. You'll never beat me, omnivore. You know, yeah, geez. all yeah, right. There Thank you go. very much. And the first episode is where they they inadvertently destroy a Whole Foods, and they battle to the top so, of the two the Time Warner towers and across the way. And of course, you would call the 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 first uh, episode of the comic a food fight. That would be like the best. No food for thought. Food for would thought would be the first. Not yeah. when somebody tries to brainwash mm-hmm. the gourmet. All right, mm-hmm. you. Anyway, are so the wait, best. do I get do I get to plug stuff? Yeah, totally. Right, so totally. Uh, Ooh, look so at this. The, the tick will be coming out, I guess, twenty eighteen. My my episodes are in twenty eighteen. Oh, you're the man. Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, um, Punisher is in November. Websites jeffreycantor.com. Uh, we got the Facebook fan page. We got <laughs> Mr. G Cantor. I think is my. My Instagram and Jeff Cantor is my Twitter. You just did, and you just did something where you looked nice on a page, and they took a photo. Of oh you. yes, in Bergen Magazine. Bergen Magazine, sure, as sure. in Bergen County. You actually see a very different kind of interview than this. As in Bergen County. As in Bergen County. As in my home county. Uh, is that your home county? You don't know that, Mister. No, I did not know that. Yeah. Where did you live in Bergen County? Forsooth, as I live and breathe by the faith of my body, I hail from the fair town of Fort Lee. You do not. Which still containeth a fort. Yes unto even Washington's own men. Verily, verily. Ah. I live in the township of Ramsey. Ramsey. Not Ramsey's. As in where we would have to get our outdoor supplies. Yes, and uh, I grew up in Woodcliffe Lake. Oh, my. Yes, and I went to Pascack Hills High School. Pascack Hills. Sounds dreadfully uh, No, boring. it was brilliant. Actually. It was a great place to go to school, you know. It was a bit of a white, you know what I mean? Oh, still, still with all that sort of yeah. thing, school's not for me. Got no, no but it is. No, I loved it. I never graduated. I did. It twice. Did. Oh, twice? Yeah, graduated twice from high school. So, like, yeah, it was brilliant. Much. Yeah, no, I loved it. Let's teach Anyway, so we've got to go. Oh, look at the time. Oh, look at the time. It's really. <laughs> Late. It's quite late now, and uh, it's time to go. You are a delightful guest. And you are a delightful some, host. Let's get some fried chicken. What do you say? Um, you can't eat it? Gluten. What can you eat? I, I'll eat something. All right, good. Let's go. Okay. Woo! Uh, I'm Lloyd Floyd, and you're like six people. Mm-hmm.